Amen, amen, amen. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for another day. God has been so good to us. We start our day off. We start this uh, Bible study off with just acknowledging how good God is. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you. We bless your name. We honor you. We lift you up and magnify you because you are such an awesome God. We pray right now in the name of Jesus that you move by your spirit. Move by your spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus in the midst of our Bible study. Thank you, dear Lord, for we've gotten a report that uh, Sister Sharon's cousin is um, has the, the, the coronavirus, and there's so many other people, millions, 1.5 million, could be even higher, that has this virus. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would have mercy. Have mercy, God. We realize that you have allowed it, and, and you have allowed so many to die because of this virus. Now we ask, Lord, if it be thy will, please, God, have mercy. Have mercy, God. Have mercy. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Show yourself mighty. And not just for our sake that we're so good that we deserve you to do what we ask, but that your name might be glorified. In the name of Jesus, that somehow by you holding back the hand of death, that your name would receive glory and that the world would acknowledge how awesome you are how merciful you are. We thank you in the name of your son, Jesus. Have your way tonight as we study your word that revelation knowledge might take place and that we might come to know you better. Thank you, dear Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you, dear Lord, for using us to your glory. Have your way in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Sharon, for sharing that. Um, God is so good. God is so good. All right, saints. Tonight we're we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving. Um, but I'm telling you, we're gonna keep it moving at a very slow pace. Um, I thank God for the way that He um, reveals to me what we are to study. And um, again, I'm I'm not one of those well advanced. Um, sometimes people may have their Bible study laid out for the entire year what they're going to study. And me and the Lord, the way the way that He works it with me is that as I'm studying one thing, next thing you know, He lays it in my heart. Ah, oh, this is what's coming up next. And 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 I'm not sure. I'm honestly, I'm not sure whether it's whether it's the Lord um, or it's something in me that says, wow, this is something that the people of God really need. Oh, my goodness. And, and it may be the third way. It may be something that I say, wow, this has blessed me. And since it's blessed me, 
then I say, oh, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it that it might bless somebody else. Maybe they'll be as blessed by it as I am. And as we study, you know, the Lord just keeps opening my eyes and revealing more and more concerning this tabernacle and then using the tabernacle as a prayer guide. And and I pray that it I pray that it blesses you. But um on last week, um we started to um get our mindset towards going into the gate. And and if you remember, we talked about Thanksgiving from Psalms one hundred um verse number four and and in Psalms Psalm Psalm one hundred and I'm flipping I'm I'm actually flipping I actually should have done it. Matter of fact I will I'll flip over and punch it into one of these websites. It'll be uh better for me. One hundred colon four and and the scripture in the King James it says enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. And a this a scripture that we've read many of us read it uh since we've been involved in church, since we've become a Christian, we've read the scripture and uh, possibly did not apply it to entering into his gates and into his courts, possibly not even, not even thinking of entering into the gate of the tabernacle, into the courts of the tabernacle being thankful unto him and blessing his name, being uh, affiliated with the tabernacle. So what we do now is not only um, thinking of the mindset, and, and let me tell you something, when, when we talk about this tonight, it's primarily the way you think. I'm telling you, if you can transform, if you can change the way you think, it's going to transform your your entire life, your perspective on life. And as I said often, I'll say it again, not just about living, but about learning. Having a relationship with God to a place where you learn who God is. You start to understand who God is. Now, watch this. As I'm, again, preparing to enter into the gates, the Lord lays on my heart, who's going into the gate? Are we going into the gate? Are you going into the gate? Is this you, a physical person, a human being, going into the gate? We've got to understand just a regular person, children of Israel, part of this huge conglomerate of, um, of, of people, 
or massive number, conglomerate may not be the best word, massive number of people, it, is this each individual going into the gate? Who is this going into the gate? And, and God just blessed me. He lays it on my heart. Let me tell you something. There was hundreds of thousands, 600,000 people when the, when the tabernacle was being constructed. And, and let me tell you, the majority of them never went into the tabernacle. Only the priests could go into the tabernacle. Only the priests could go into the tabernacle. And that's what we've got to look at tonight. When, when God says in Psalms, Psalm 100, verse number 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him, and bless his name. He's not talking to the regular Christian or the regular person at that time, the, 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 the body of, of the children of Israel, Old Testament body of Christ, the majority of those individuals were not going in. And, and, and when you start going in, you will understand that, guess what? I've been a Christian for 13 years. I've been a Christian for 21 years. I've been a Christian for 30 years. I never had the mindset of, of I understood that the veil was rent and we were able to talk to God. I never really reverenced God in the way that I'm reverencing him now, once you start walking through this tabernacle prayer guide. You start looking at yourself in a, in a whole nother way when it comes to entering into the presence of God. You sleepy? You're upset about something? You had a hard day? You slept all night? You woke up in the morning? All different scenarios where we may pray. And in those different scenarios, those different circumstances, you will find out that you approach God different based on, thank you, God, how you feel at the moment. Slept all night. Woke up two or three times throughout the night. Thank you, God. My sleep was broken. So since my sleep was broken, I'm a little bit cranky. I'm a little tired. I'm a, I'm a little bit, uh, I got a, a tad, just a little touch of anger going on. And when I get up, my mindset does not change. I understand I start my day off in prayer, and, and my attitude towards God is the attitude that I woke up in. 
some folks realized that they had devotional. Their devotional was was um, uh, more ri- ritualistic. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Their devotional was more ritualistic than it was meaningful and heartfelt. So you went through the motions. It's like the way we make coffee, and whether it's a K-cup or if you're going to brew some coffee, you got steps that you have to take in order for you to get the end result. You know how much cream or how much sugar you're going to put in there, and, and it's, and it's a routine. It's a, uh, a, um, a recipe. It's the procedures, and sometimes that's how we're doing God. It's not heartfelt. It's not meaningful. And what we do during this Bible study is to say that God set up a way that we're supposed to approach him, and when it comes to us approaching him, we've got to be one. We Thank you, Holy Ghost. We've got to be taught. If we're not taught, then you've got to study yourself. If you're not taught and you don't study, then how are you to know how you approach him? And the, and the fantastic thing about it is that many of us have the testimony that we have approached him in some of those not-so-meaningful ways, in, in angry ways, in, in selfish ways, in um, ways that we are really just flooded with uh, selfishness instead of selflessness. We're filled with selfishness, and, and God still answered. That we have a life, listen, you ain't, possibly, we've never used the tabernacle prayer guide, and we still had prayers answered. So one of the things that we have to do, you have to understand, who's going into the tabernacle? And who are you to him? Now, one of the things that I love to do is to, let's look at Exodus. And we're going to look at Exodus chapter 19. Colon 5-6. Exodus 19, 5-6, and hopefully everybody can hear me okay. Uh, I broke my, broke my stand, and I'm going to be um, trying to find me another one that held my phone. I should have been a little more gentle with it. I've had it for years, a couple of years, and it is broke now. So I have to hold this phone, so hopefully you're not having um, a hard time hearing me, and thank God everything is going okay with the software, the talk shoe software. Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice, indeed, always know that it's contingent, hinged, is hinged 
It's based on something. You're going to get something. God's got blessings for you. It's based on something. Somebody already running ahead of me, and you know it's based on obedience. It's important to be obedient. He said so much so, obedience is better than sacrifice. And sacrifice is what he requires. Good God Almighty. That's saying something right there. Obedience is better than the sacrifice. Later on in the conversation tonight, we will talk about sacrifices. He says obedience is better than sacrifice. Exodus 19.5 says, now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, that will be done. Obedience, righteousness, wrapped up in faith. It's important. You're going to see it over and over and over again. Obeying my voice. I say obedience, what? You're obedient to the written word and obedient to his voice. Some things will not come to you out of the word of God. You won't, you won't remember book, chapter, and verse. But the voice of God inside your spirit, man, will speak to you, and you'll know that it's God. And when you know that it's God, in the moment, it's important that you're obedient. He said, obey my voice, indeed. Uh, in the Living Bible Translation, it says, Now, if you will obey me and keep your part of my contract. That's the Living Bible. Keep your part of the contract, of my contract with you. You've got something to do. Now, again, uh, we're not talking about a one-time laying on of hand or speaking blessings into your life. We're talking about a blessing stream where God over and over again, where you see you can't stop it. You are doing what you're supposed to do, and guess what? God is, he is going to be faithful. One thing that you can say about God, he is faithful. God, I bless your name for being so faithful. What you said you're going to do, you do. Watch this. Keep it moving. Back to the King James, Exodus 19.5. It says, obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant. That's that contract. Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. This is Exodus. Remember that. Peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all, watch this, for all the earth is mine. This is, again, the mindset. Before we go into the tabernacle, understand God is setting us up to be blessed tremendously in everything we do. Even in the midst of a pandemic, you recognize and understand that you're blessed. I was watching a TV show. It's called Bar Rescue, where a gentleman goes into a bar and uh, he kind of takes a, he analyzes the bar, finds out what's going on, what's, what's wrong with the bar, and then he fixes the bar. And while he was talking to one of the owners of one of the bars about uh, the problems that he was having, the gentleman, while he was being reprimanded 
and and his his uh, bar was being he, they was talking to him about how bad the bar was. He was smiling, and and the guy said, um, "I'm I'm telling you how bad things are, and you're smiling. I would prefer you not to smile." And and it remind me, it came to mind right now because when we're going, how in the world can you still have joy? How in the world can you be so juvial during a pandemic? How can things just not be worrying you and we're going through a pandemic? How are you smiling? And you will find out the joy of the Lord is your strength. Something deep down inside of you says, guess what? It's going to be all right. If I die, let me die in the army of the Lord. And, and you're still smiling. No, no, no. Not that your cousin has the coronavirus. You have the coronavirus. And the doctors are looking at you and wondering, how can you still be so juvial at a time like this? I talked to a young lady, a lady the other day, and she has cancer. And, and she's going through the uh, process of, um, I believe it's the chemo. I think it's the chemo or whatever the process is for her. And, and she, says, she says, a lot of the pain, I haven't gone through it. She's lost all her hair, lost a lot of weight, and, and she's saying the pain, she's a Christian, the pain and the suffering that people talk about, I haven't experienced it. It's just a testimony that guess what? You can be in the midst of what everybody else goes through, and they say they experienced this, and you don't have to experience it. This is you having the confidence, and even if God does allow me, and, and God knows I'm, I'm his favorite, and I still have to go through some pains. I'm talking some physical pains in my body. So he has not eliminated all pain out of my life. However, I still, Lord have mercy, I got joy, and there's something deep down inside that says it's going to be all right. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Your peculiar treasure unto me above all people. I'm in verse number 5, Exodus 19. For all the earth is mine, verse number 6, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom, watch this, of what? And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of what? No, no, no. You've got to let this thing soak in. Old Testament, Exodus 19, verse number 6, says that, guess what? You, when he says you, he's talking to the, the people of God. When he says you, he's talking about the Jewish nation. When he says you, he's talking about those folks who uh, came out, uh, took that exodus out of Egypt. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And now you're moving forward, and I'm telling you that you are going to be as I'm messing with my screen, you're going to be a kingdom of priests. A what? A holy nation. 
These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the who? The children of Israel. Watch this. Living Bible translation. And it says that you're going to keep the, the contract with you, do your part of the contract with God. You shall be my own little flock from among all the nations of the earth, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be a kingdom of priests to, to God, a holy nation. Good news translation, verse number six. And the people dedicated, a people dedicated to me alone, and you will serve me as priests. So you're, we're talking about going into the tabernacle, understanding everybody cannot go into the tabernacle. God did not set it up that way. Everybody could not come before him. And you got to understand, we're not there yet, but there were some priests over years and years and years, it could be 15, 20 years, that they were a priest. They went into the court, never went into the holy place, never went into the holy of holies. You got some priests, 15 years, you got to realize there was a whole lot of priests, never went into the holy place. Some of them, they could have been a priest for 10 years, never went into the outer court. Now, the whole reason for having this discussion is for you again and me to have the right mindset and the reverence of God when it says the fear of the Lord when we start talking about praying. We're calling it the tabernacle guide, the tabernacle guide to prayer. you got to know when you go before him, it's going to be significant for you, the impact for you to understand what God has called you to do and to walk in that, all right? That's Old Testament, right? Exodus 19, 5, 6, I hope you got it written down. He says, obey my voice, keep my covenant, and then he, he lets him know, when you obey his voice, keep this covenant, you are my treasured possession. You're a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. I know you hear it. It's all over it. You've got it right there in that text. You say, you know what, Pastor, that reminds me of what? First Peter chapter 2. First Peter Chapter 2, help me, Holy Ghost, colon, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Did, 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 did you hear that? Understand, God is the same yesterday. Um, God is the same. He never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Understand, he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. 
So when you start to see it as you study, God gives you revelation knowledge. When you see the revelation knowledge, you say the same thing God did in the Old Testament, he's doing in the New Testament. The New Testament, you'll see it over and over and over again, reiterating the same principles of the Old. The New Testament reiterates the same principles of the Old. Here it is now, First Peter Chapter chapter 2, verse number 9, it says, A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the priests, the, I'm sorry, the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Watch this. We're going to look at it in the understandable. I believe that's in the Knowing Jesus website, and that's First Peter. And we're looking at chapter 2, verse 9, understandable version. Listen to this. But... But you people are special, especially chosen. But you people are especially chosen by God. You are a royal body of priests. You are a nation especially set apart for God's use. You are a people who belong exclusively to God that you may express a virtuous, the virtues, I'm sorry, express the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness. For example, sin called you out of what? Error. And into his marvelous light. Righteousness, (laughs) thank you, God. Righteousness and truth. Now, can we pause for a moment and have a brief discussion? Do you want to be a priest? Oh, here's here's another um, discussion question. Do you look at yourself as being a priest? Have you ever considered yourself a priest? When the Bible says that you are a priest, does it consider, watch this, what you want? Understand that if you're going to get into the blessing stream, if you're going to get into this relationship that you desire to have with God, understand it's going to be God's way. And God says in his word that guess what? You are. You're chosen by him to do what he's called you to do. And part of that is being a priest. Now, again, take your time and walk back through it, that all of the children, all of the tribes could not go in. Out of 12 tribes, only the Levites could go in. So that excluded a whole lot of folks that could not go into the presence of God. Understand, this is a building up for this generation, for us to know that it is a very privileged position that God has placed us in out of all 
of eternity, all of the existence of man on earth, this is a very precious position that God has placed us in that you, out of all people, are able to go into the Holy of Holies. Why? Because you are a priest. Let's take a peek at another scripture. Let's look at Hebrews. It's going to be chapter 5, 1 through 4. And I believe it's a lot. Matter of fact, I'm going to look at look at it. I'm going to have it also opened in my Bible because one of the things that I use the paper Bible for is my highlights and my notes. That's not on the website. My notes, and when I see it in my paper Bible, yes, it's, it, it reminds me and, and it keeps my central theme going. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 5, looking at verse number 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Good God Almighty. Thank you, Lord. That he may offer both gifts and sacrifice for what? Sin. Understand that, folks. Understand the position that you're in. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also is compassed with infirmities. That was the end of verse number two. And if you look at the end of verse number two, It says here, he is able to be gentle, and I'm looking at it in the Good News translation. He's able to be gentle with those who are ignorant and make mistakes. Many times what we do as believers, we're very critical of those who are struggling with their humanity and have not gotten to the place where you are, and we are more dogmatic, not dogmatic, we are more... not tolerable. We're not gentle. We're not selfless. We're very critical with those who are still struggling and have not gotten the understanding that you've gotten. Understand, as a priest, you're not there to judge. You're there to offer a sacrifice. Thank you, God. Let's keep it moving. Verse number three, Hebrews chapter five, and by reason thereof he ought, as for the people, so also for what? For himself, to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. Come on now, keep looking at it. Old Testament, um, Old Testament, Exodus 19, 
New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Now, if you continue to read, and you can write those down as your notes, and that's why I wanted to go to my paper Bible, because, again, you will talk the same way Jesus is the first as, as uh, Overseer Warren preached on, um, preached on Sunday concerning the resurrection, he is the first to raise from the dead. Guess what? We're in the line right after Jesus, not the high priest that he is, but a priest. So when you start to look at verses 5 through uh, 10, you'll see that it talks about Christ. And, and being a, a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm not going any deeper into that because i got to keep it moving. But you can read that all the way down to verse number 14. Um, Hebrews, that's, that's the entire uh, chapter 5 of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5. Now, so when we start to go into the tabernacle, understanding that you are a priest to go in, to the tabernacle. Question. We understand who you are to him, but what is he to you? Thank you, God. Is he your Lord? Is he your master? Is he your king? Are you looking for another Lord? Are you looking for another master? Are you looking for another king? And when I say that, understand there's an underlying current in every person to make decisions based on. Thank you, God. And what you make your decisions on is the foundation for what you believe. So if you're making your decisions based on a book that you read full of philosophy, If you're making your decisions based on my mama said, my mama used to say, my dad always said, if you're making your decision, understand that if it's not, if, if it wasn't that my mom said that the word of God says, if my mom says that the Lord says in his word, if my mom says as a Christian, if it's based on just what mama says, just what dad says, a wise man once told me, good God almighty, if it's based on that, then they become your God, and you got to understand that when it comes to your master, your Lord, your king, the people of God, even in the Old Testament, and let's go there, First Samuel, this is what gets us in trouble, First Samuel, Chapter 12, and let's just leave it there because I'm going to have to read a couple of verses. Open this up. Thank you, God. Watch this. 
1 Samuel chapter 12. Now here in 1 Samuel chapter 12, and if you scroll down, verse number 9, watch this. And when they had forgot, when they forgot the Lord, their God, he sold them into the hand of the Syria, of Syria, captains of the host of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, when they forgot the Lord. Now, understand, they came out of Egypt. with Moses, and when they got to the point, and this is the cycle that we go into, you get to the place where you forget about God. They soon forgot their God. When you forget God, this is what the Bible says, he sold them into the hands of their enemy. He allowed them to be enslaved. He allowed them to go through some heartache. And that's why I keep saying that we're not looking at the virus. We're not looking at President Trump. We're not looking at Republicans. We're not looking at the rest of the world. We're looking at God. We're understanding that, guess what? If we as believers, God is allowing us to experience this, God is speaking very loud and clear. When these kind of things happen, God is getting our attention. Verse number 10 says, and they cried unto the Lord. Understanding they had forsaken the Lord. Understanding they had started to serve other gods, Baal, Balaam, and Ashtoreth. We have sinned. If you look at verse number 10, we have sinned. They understood that. Matter of fact, that is the answer right now to the coronavirus. If the world... And I'm talking even, even just a major portion. Matter of fact, if just the United States could cry out to the Lord and understand and say, Lord, we have sinned. We have forgotten about you. We have opened ourselves up to so many other ways of life. Forgive us. Watch this. Verse number 11 says, and the Lord sent Jerubbabel and Bedan and Jephthah and Samuel and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side. And you dwelled safe. What winds up happening, if you know, guess what? We must have done something. If we have no spiritual leader over the nation that says, guess what, on behalf of God, I speak to the nation, and, and God is saying that we have done one, two, three, four, five things wrong. And then the nation as a whole, the same way he did with, uh, who was it, Jonah with Nineveh, and recognized that the whole nation needs to do what? Repent. And God will forgive. God will have mercy. 
We have no major spiritual leader who takes this, takes this position and says, on behalf of God, this is what you have done wrong, repent. We have no one preaching a revival to say, repent and ask for forgiveness. Now watch what happens. Verse number 11 says they were delivered. Then, watch this. Now, it doesn't say how much time lapsed between verse number 10, recognizing what went wrong. Verse number 11, they got uh, delivered. Verse number 12, watch this. And when they saw Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, came against you, ye said unto me, Nay, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. Here it is that we're looking for something else to be the foundation for our decision-making. When you have a king, guess what? The king is going to make a decision, and you're going to follow his rule. That's why we say the, the, the message, the, the thing that we preach, the thing that we testify of is that the kingdom of God is at hand. We're not looking for a king. God is our king. We're not looking for a Lord. He is our Lord. We're not looking for a master. He is our master. And here it is. You're looking for a king, and God is your king. God is your Lord. God is your master. Thank you, Lord. Now, understand this. When it comes to you going into the tabernacle, you've got to understand that I'm going in on behalf of the people, but charged by God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This assignment came from God. When you accepted the blood of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you accepted the assignment that God has for you, and he says that you are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen nation. You are a peculiar person, a holy nation. This is your assignment. And many of us never looked at ourselves, no, 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 I'm not a preacher. No, 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 I'm not an evangelist. But you're a priest. The whole nation, after Jesus Christ, the whole nation, you're a priest. And you're supposed to carry yourself in that way. Now, let's walk through this real quick. Write these down. When it comes to the priests of the Old Testament, uh, and let me see if I want to do, 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 do. Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Genesis, Exodus. Exodus chapter 28. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're going to get to that. Not, we don't want to run there yet. This is taken, matter of fact, from Leviticus. There we go. Let's look at Leviticus, and in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, okay? And in my Schofield uh, Reference Bible, it actually spelled out when it came to, thank you, Holy Ghost,
Give me just a second. I'm getting there. Wow. Okay, here we go. Thank you, Lord. That was taking too long. All right, so in Genesis, uh, Genesis, in Leviticus, it talks about the offerings because what we're getting ready to do, as soon as we get into the gate, we talked about uh, uh, Psalms 100, and 100, verse number 4, entering into his gates, entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, being thankful unto him and blessing his name. However, we've got to understand when we go in, We've got this mindset of where we're, where, where, how we're going in, thanksgiving, praise, and blessing his name. However, understand that we've been trained on our sacrifice that we're giving unto God. And we're more than likely going to revisit this. The, the sacrifices of the Old Testament, write these down. Number one was the... Um, Burnt offerings. Burnt offerings. Write this down. Total surrender to God. When you're given a burnt offering, this is a total surrendering unto God. Understanding the substitutionary atonement for the offerer. So you're giving a burnt offering, this is a total surrendering unto God, and we've got to understand that as soon as we get in, that altar is going to be there, and, and the priest is trained on how to offer to God. Number two, thank you, Holy Ghost, because time is ticking. First one was a burnt offering. Number two, meat offering. Now, the meat offering was made with the burnt offering, made with burnt offering, as a sacrifice of thanksgiving and devotion to God. Understand, this is where we're going. When we start to have this way of praying, we understand that we're offering to God, understand that every one of these offerings was a sacrifice for the person who was giving it to the priest or that the priest was getting for himself. This was a very expensive offering. And this is why I'm spending week after week after week Understand the sacrifice that we're making, and we're going to get to our sacrifice in a minute. Number three, uh, let me go over it again. Somebody may write, write notes. Made with a burnt offering, this meat offering was made with a burnt offering as a sacrifice, as sacrifices of thanksgiving and devotion to God. Number three, peace offering. I love this one. Peace offering. The peace offering was made for a right relationship and friendship with God. They offered up a peace. When you see the peace offering, this is folks that are in a right. I'm offering this up not because of something I've done wrong.
Wow. And it's restarted my recording. Okay. All right, folks, y'all know what happened. I got kicked out and it looked like some other folks got kicked out too because the numbers reduced. Thank you, God. Help us, Lord. Okay. Where were we? Number three, peace offering. Right relationship and friendship with God. Thanksgiving for divine help and blessings. Now, watch this. In each one of the burnt offerings, once you make that offering, the, the, the leftovers from the offering, everything that was not sacrificed to God, the priest normally would eat. Or it would be offered to them, or it would just have to be burnt up. In the peace offering, the remaining is eating, eaten by the offerer. This is the only offering out of the five that is eaten by the offer, offerer. Number four. Number three, peace offering. All right? Now, the peace offering, they have a right relationship and friendship with God. It's done as thanksgiving for divine help and blessings. And the remaining is eating, everything that's left over is eaten by the offerer. Number four, sin offering. This one, this sin offering is required for Unintentional sin. Unintentional sin. Now, I didn't get into all of the different animals, all of the different parts. Understanding my emphasis here is that, again, as we move forward into the tabernacle, understand your responsibility and that what we're going to get into next week is that here it is as a priest, your obligation 100% of the time is, okay, let's not say 100. Let's say 90% of the time, your obligation is for the people of God offering sacrifices to God for them. That's why when you hear the prayer, it's our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give what? Us this day. It's not just me. Give me this day. And many folks pray that prayer. They're not trying to be selfish, but selfish is at the core of who they are. So they wind up saying, Lord, just bless me today. Lord, let this day be a blessing. And when you say, let this day be a blessing, they're not really talking about the nation, the kingdom of God the people of God, they're saying, Lord, please just bless me today. Bless my family today. That's your major concern. Your major concern as a priest has got to be the people of God. Come on, let's finish this up. Sin offering required for unintentional sin. That's number four. Number five, trespass offering. Trespass offering, required, required for unintentional sin against the Lord. 
against holy things, against your neighbor. Unintentional sin against the Lord, against holy things. Help us, God. Against your neighbor. Understand that every time you do something against another believer, that requires a sacrifice. Can you imagine the impact it would have if, okay, let's just say the significance of an unblemished animal, and I'm, I'm not going to hurt you, I'm not going to hurt you, I'm going to say that it's the, the unblemished animal is $25, the first number that came to my mind was 100. If it's 100, guess what? You would not sin as much as you sin against your brothers and sisters in Christ. You would not sin when it comes to being totally surrendered unto God. You would not sin when it comes to things of God that he's asked us to do, you would not be as, as easily caught up in those things if you knew you had to pay $100 every time you did it. This is what the sacrificial system of the Old Testament did, $25 every time that you sinned against your brother or your sister. So what happened is they say, wow, I sinned against my brother or my sister. Now I've got to give this sacrifice, and I've got to take one of my best lambs. Instead of me being able to sell it and, and provide for my family even more, I've got to sacrifice this animal because I've sinned. And now uh, the wage of sin is death. I'm experiencing God not being involved in my life. I'm experiencing the favor of God leaving my life, and I've got to get right with God. I've got to give this sacrifice. And the priest's job was to constantly offer sacrifice for those who have done wrong. When you know that every time I do wrong, I've got to take $25 instead of paying that electric bill, instead of paying my rent, instead of uh, being able to go out to the movies, instead of being able to go and, and, and purchase food, instead of being able to go and purchase purchase clothing, guess what? I've got to sacrifice this 25. Oh, I mean, I've got to sacrifice this 50. Uh, I mean, I've got to sacrifice this $75 now three times because I constantly, I'm constantly doing things that God asked me not to do. The job of the priest was to offer the sacrifice for the people and himself. Before you start going into the holies of holies, Understand what your position is. Understand your relationship with God. Understand the assignment that God has given you. Understand that you don't want to be the priest, and you've got more, watch this, you've got more to offer as way of a sacrifice than the people are bringing to you. You've sinned more than the people, and here it is, you've got to sacrifice three animals, and they're bringing you one. You've got to sacrifice five animals, and they're bringing you one. So we're going to take our time. We're not going to rush into this tabernacle. We're going to look at our assignment. Next week, we'll pick up, and what is your sacrifice? 
No, it's not $25. What is your sacrifice? Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging on in there. Despite us going on and off, the system kicking us out, you hung right on in there. God bless you. Thank you again for being a part of the Bible study. Uh, the Lord willing, uh, let's see, Lord willing, I think it will be the 29th, yep. Lord willing, uh, mm -mm -mm -mm. yeah, I think we'll probably do it. If anything changes, I'll let you know. I know that's the fifth Wednesday. Normally we'll just do four, but I think we'll do it next week. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this tabernacle. God bless you, saints of God. Have a good evening.